I've, I'm just going to start the podcast because I think we're already rolling. So, <laughs> if you're cool, yeah, I'm good. Awesome stuff. Welcome back, guys, to the Nevermind Poly podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone is good. Thank you so much for checking this out. Um, I'm beyond hyped to announce that I'm speaking to Luke of the band Pupil Slicer. How are you, sir? Uh, pleased to be here. It's it's Monday. Awesome it's stuff. The start, the start of a week. Uh, preparation for me uh, absolutely and the rest of my band mm. for the tour which is starting in southampton next wednesday fantastic stuff fantastic stuff awesome mm. stuff so yeah basically the the plan for the podcast if it's cool with you is kind of we have a sort of a uh, nice flow just nice conversation just chill and, and all the rest of it nothing too strenuous for a monday <laughs> oh, sure sure i can i'll try and uh be as glib as I can. <laughs> fine, you're fine. Um, so yeah, just kind of start these conversations in the same sort of way. Uh, obviously, the last couple of years have been a bit uh, crap for everybody, uh, just in life generally. But um, you guys have had a pretty successful 2021. How was it for you guys in the band? Well, it was a it was a year which uh, was quite unprecedented, really. Mm. Um, in that. We didn't really have huge expectations um, of what that of what our baby record was going to do. Um, we thought, you know, some people uh, in the London scene and maybe up north might go, that, "That's a cool uh, hardcore record." Mm. But in fact, <laughs> things kicked off a lot bigger than that. Um, and it was a—it's been a, a strange year because we it, we've kind of done everything and mm. nothing in that. Our album was everywhere and it was like included in lists and it's just I had a really it sold it sold a lot as well well in relative terms yeah um, but we couldn't actually do anything so uh we didn't do any shows um for some reasons to logistics with the band so mm -hmm. it was kind of like all this stuff happened um, and now we're kind of really getting ready to actually go and actualize it by being Absolutely. in by actually, yeah and yesterday was a good example because you know um when you read praise or negativity or whatever mm -hmm. from, from your computer, it's a one-way sort of conversation. Yeah, exactly. You're consuming it normally as a band. Um, when you actually go and play a show, you can like see some of these people yeah. who maybe bought the record or whatever, like um, getting into the stuff, and that that kind of, uh, I guess, you internalize it in a different way. Then you know. Absolutely, I, I suppose uh, from a band's point of it view, it comes through. That's what I'm trying to say, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no absolutely i guess from a band's perspective it's um like instant kind of knowing where you're at because obviously you guys writ the album so you guys have lived with these songs for for a long period of time yeah. and then your fans are almost going yep that's a banger that's a banger we're not so sure on that one and then you kind of develop over time like that if that makes sense do you think that's a fair yeah well some of the tunes which um like husk for instance mm -hmm. uh, and and mirrors the song mirrors yeah. um We've been playing them for like four years. Oh wow, really? Okay, for sure. Yeah, three years. So and actually worthless. Mm -hmm. Um we played for a while. And uh Stabbing Spiders played that one for about two years. So nice. a couple of those tracks, um mm. we'd actually seen people like get into it, but I guess now the added thing is like people actually know know them. And wounds and wounds upon my uh we, we played that we've been playing that one for years as well. 
absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, I kind of, if, if you can, I want you to kind of talk me through where we are today. Because as far as, I mean, I try and keep my ear to the ground as much as possible in terms of new music and stuff. But you guys, for me personally, and I think a lot of people, just got absolutely blindsided by this fucking record. Do you know what I mean? When, like, again, I have a couple of people who are in my circle who I trust with comes to music. And they went check out this band. I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, fine. Okay. Fuck it. I need to crash the car. I swear to God. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, this, is why, this is why smart. my wife doesn't listen to death metal. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's too heavy. So I can't listen to Trapping Young Lad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know what I mean? But wait, do you mean, what, what, what do you mean in the sense of like, our con? Yeah. Where so just- where, where, where did, uh, where did people supposed to start from? Um, Okay, so Kate, Kate and Josh um, had, and, and another chap, kind of had this jokey grindcore band. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably about five years ago. Yeah. Uh, and they did a demo, and they, it wasn't even really a proper band. It was just a side thing to something else that they were doing, which eventually fizzled out, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they played a couple of shows. They were like, yeah, kind of playing, I guess, carcassy grindcore with power violent riffs. Kind yeah. Of thing. A bit of grind, yeah. And then uh, the the bassist kind of left, or he wasn't really into it. And then Kate was kind of left with with Josh. And then her vision all, all along really was mm. to do um, Jane Doe esque yeah. Dillinger type music. Um, and I just randomly sort of saw an advert for People Slicer and was like, "That sounds jokes." Um, <laughs> I, should probably, I should probably speak. Speak get in contact with them, um, and then eventually, like I, I played, uh, went to rehearsal with them in Crystal Palace in South London, mm-hmm. um, where we we're all kind of based at the time. And uh, the next day, we played a show in Kingston. Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. And I had tabs on the side of the stage and stuff. Yeah. So that was literally nearly, probably four years. Oh, well, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, so yeah. So that's the how I kind of got into the band and then basically Kate was like right I now have like um some musicians mm-hmm. at my disposable uh, at my disposal and we're a good team yeah to like create this mad vision and um, that she had which I don't think previously she didn't really have the staff to do so and mm-hmm. um, and that's how we kind of came came to it and we we, we played shows um, and did an EP and stuff like we did a split um, with Brian Core Band um, up north called Sense Defender, who are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played loads of shows in London. Where are you based? Uh, Norwich. You're in based the, in Norwich? I'm oh, in yeah, the so end of nowhere. <laughs> so we, ne- we, never, we never really played up, up up in like the Midlands too much or in mm. East Anglia or anything. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. We played, we played around London. We did like one show in Wales. We did a small weekend where we played in Brighton. Yeah. Um, Leeds. And somewhere else that escapes me now. Oh, Hertfordshire. We played Hertfordshire somewhere, and that and that really was the sum total of things. Yeah, of course. Um, and then we kind of just concentrated on recording this album. And the label, it did the label picked it up, Prosthetic, yeah. which was just like a by a chance thing as well, really. Um, Absolutely. We did, we did pour a lot of effort and time into the yeah. album, though. Absolutely, um, I, I think that I think that shows a hundred percent. You know. Um, to get the ability to be able to play your instruments the way you do is one thing, but you know the passion behind it is evident. Oh, thank you, man. I guess there's two elements to that, really. One is mm. like, yeah, as you say, is the execution um, and the performance of it, which is a thing on, which is 
which is a thing of itself because it's mm. frankly it's quite fucking hard to play. <laughs> uh, everything's, yeah, just a dad. <laughs> you know, yeah, and everything's everything's tabbed. Mm. Uh, yeah. which was kind of a negotiating point with me actually. When because yeah. when Kate was initially saying, you know, we could play all this mad technical music and stuff, and I was like, I'm down for doing that because I like love pop music and stuff. So mm. I'm up to like pushing myself like that. I was like, you've got you've got to make tabs. Yeah, there's no way I'm like because otherwise it would just it would just still sound kind of like grindcore. Yeah, of course. Like grindcore because it would be like a bit more fuzzy and maybe not as complex and we wouldn't be as tight. So yeah, you know, you still so yeah, that was one of the focus points really. And then the other side to it, aside from the performance, was actually assembling it mm-hmm. from like a technical audio perspective. In that we tracked it all separately, and um, Josh recorded the drums with Mike Malian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had um, Mike on the podcast. He's a lovely chap. You've actually you've had a, you've had you've had Mike on this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely lovely chap. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's really cool. I mean, we kind of knew that him through some bands that I had been in previously. Mm-hmm. They were based in Croydon. Yeah, whereas which is basically where he's he's based. Well, Great Croydon, I guess. And um, we, we'd recorded with him previously. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, if you want to get a, a, like. A, a decent drum recording, I think Mike would be a great shout. Um, and also, on top of him, like actually kind of capturing it and being, you know, recording it, he he's a really good coach too. When you record with him, yeah, so saying to Josh, like a drumming perspective, um, someone of his, you know, of the amount of knowledge he has and like his his actual ability himself, so recording it with him would be great because you'll get a lot of insight for your drumming. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than just going with to a studio. With some guy that basically mics up your kit and is like, okay, let's record it because you'd show him the material and they'd go, what the fuck is that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, Literally, stupid. Like, and the people that are, I recorded with my friend Adam, who's in a band called Everest Queen. Yeah, uh, they're like a progressive kind of sludge post metal band. Cool. And um, cool. he recorded at my house. Kate tracks at home mm-hmm. with the vocals up at our sound guys spot in North London. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we did that all separately, and then got it mixed by Ped, yeah, uh, Pedro even of Frontier. Oh, nice, it's, yeah. It's a bit of menace, an audio <laughs> menace. Um, yeah, loves a one pedal, as does Kate. Um, and then he mixed it, and then we got it mastered by Brad Boatwright, who, yeah. if you like, look at his um, what he's worked on, mastered. It's basically like half of my record collection. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's like anything from like Terror to Converge. Amazing. Uh, even Finger. It, it was a, it was ridiculous. Like I think Skeleton Witch was on there. But it was just, you know, you just kept reading through it going, okay. okay. <laughs> the okay, pedigree so, is definitely there. <laughs> it was, just self, was just self-evident, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, but pulling all of that together, I think Josh tracked in like, say, around Christmas time, New Year. Mm-hmm. And I tracked bass in August. Yeah, I was sweating, I sweating our asses off in my front room. Um, yeah. When it was like the heat wave in like 2019. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. So, Love yeah, that. So that took like basically three years ago. Yeah. Wow, bloody hell. It's <laughs> so mad, isn't it? Since, since, the yeah. pa- since the pandemic happened, I think like everyone's just sort of lost perspective of like what a year is like so you'll see someone you haven't seen in a while oh, i saw him last week that was two years ago and i was like what do you mean it was two years ago like <laughs> since 2020 it's um, pretty, it's pretty I, and to your point about the general hub- hubris as well mm. um, with the record i guess 
we kind of benefited in a way um, from landing in COVID. Yeah. Landing too during the COVID period because I don't know, man. There was maybe there was. I guess there was a a, a, a lack of the bigger bands putting stuff out because it seems like they held a lot of their stuff back because yeah. the normal cycle that they would then go on, you know, yeah. like kind of like Lamb of Gods and Triviums mm-hmm. of this world, yeah. we take most of the metal press's attention. Yeah. Still like the big bands. They, they kind of delayed a lot of their stuff, didn't they? And the yeah. tours weren't happening. So I guess we were beneficiaries of that in that yeah. the, the smart people who run our label were like, put it out this time and yeah. it should cut through. Yeah, and people just picked it up and it just had its own momentum, which is not to say um, our publicist, Becky, who works yeah. across that records, who does a brilliant job. Yeah, absolutely. Not much to uh, take any... F- I think what her great work, just, yeah. it was kind of like this thing that was... I mean, it still is really. Yeah, like, I mean, you asked me to come on the show. I'm like, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I um, I, am I right in saying that you guys were on the cover of Kerrang? Was it this week or last week of time recording? I'm pretty certain that's right. We got, we got um, it was a metal they, they, they debuted this single. Yeah, Kerrang. I mean, to be fair, with with regard to those publications, mm. uh, we've been featured in both of them. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, to my amusement, mm. but also great satisfaction and uh, amazement. Yeah. Because we got featured in the top 50s. Amazing. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a bloody yeah. good album. You should be very proud of yourself. So. <laughs> Thanks. It's pressure, though, because mm. now we've no, of course. Really out some bangers for the second one. But we've got quite a good. Um, the, the vault of work is building. So we've got, about, we've got about 35 minutes. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, LP2, so yeah. I guess that's the thing as well, because obviously, as you say, you played a show yesterday, um, but because obviously the way of the world not being able to tour, I guess it's kind of, you don't get me wrong, being in pupil size, I imagine on stage is an angry thing because you're playing really aggressive music in that sense. So, like, being told you can't do anything for two years, it's like, what do you mean? Like, so when you get on stage, is it just like unleashing the beast almost? <laughs> I mean, it did, it did feel, uh, like we were sometimes like somehow having the wings yeah. clipped of the success perceived or real that mm. um, we saw unfolding because we couldn't go and play a show mm-hmm. first because yeah, of, of COVID, and then secondly and um, because of like I said the the logistical reasons of the band that we can tour like at the end of last year. So I mean, if you ask me how I feel after the show last night, yeah. Um, it, it was just really great, like, to be honest. Um, I think the capacity of it was about 150, and the promoter um, said that we basically nearly sold the whole thing out. And the, well, I mean, we didn't just do that on our own. The band Hidden Mothers was supporting. Um, Absolutely brilliant. Band, yeah. Oh, you know them, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Bought really, they bought a really good crowd. Yeah. Um, and Death Goals played as well, who are pretty entwined with the slice of law. Yeah. And that, I think. The first show the slice never played death goal plays yeah before i joined i did a split with them and nice. um, we just played with them loads of times you know um yeah we like harry and grog <laughs> love that i love that um i want to go back to the start if i can um so what got you into 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 metal was it through family was it through friends how did you get into the into the genre just metal generally yeah, I guess, and just yeah, how did well, your sort of introduction well, to music, if you like? 
my dad, my dad, my dad really loves music. Yeah. Um, he loves all types of music, but he like he likes a bit of classic rock uh, mm-hmm. and some pop rock. But then likewise, he likes a lot of soul music and reggae, um, and like some post-punk music too, like you know The Cure and Smiths and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously just pure up dad music like Oasis and stuff. So. <laughs> He didn't really listen to metal per se, mm. but he, he like loved music. And then I kind of, after being in, I guess, being into like The Who and Cream, yeah. uh, and The Jam, and Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, so and like, you know, Kiss, mm. cool, sort of like, I kind of then got, went on to the, you know, the metal starter pack. Yeah. Maybe you did too, which is like <laughs> Maiden and, and Pantera and Slayer. You know, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I, I went, I went sort of because uh, I, I don't know how old you are personally, but I'm 28, so I got, okay. I got into uh, like Green Day to begin with, then like Blink, done all that kind of stuff. Then went, um, where did I go from there? Like Bullet of My Valentine, and then Ooh. just yeah, and then it just went on a slippery slope into basically. I'm just a riff guy. If you give me a nice big tasty riff, I'm all about it. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm 32. Okay, cool. So we're not too far. To be apart. fair, like to be fair, like I am, um, I do really like pop music as well, and mm. I really love, I really love the Osprey. Like, yeah, Osprey's great. Like, and stuff. Yeah, I saw the Osprey like in December. Which oh, amazing! Made, like, yeah. yeah, that was really cool. And the Hives supported them as well. The Hives are a really cool band. <laughs> a blast from like two thousands era. Yeah. And, but yeah, and then kind of getting into um, Pantera and Stark and Slayer was like a bit more heavy and then i kind of got into like a bit of death metal mm-hmm. nile and, and then well then i kind of got into prog and stuff like dream theater yeah tall opeth nice and then just kind of i mean it took me about i probably only really got death metal i would say when i was about 18 or 19 mm-hmm. after listening to nile for probably about three years and going the penny like is going to drop soon <laughs> So it's just, I, it takes a while. Opeth helped me with that as well, actually. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I, it's quite a funny story that. Um, so back, obviously, you're sort of around my age. You'll know that going to places like HMV to buy a CD, and when you're younger and you have like disposable income, and you just like, oh, I'll just buy this. I used to genuinely walk into HMV, go to the metal section, and if I liked the artwork, I'll buy it. No clue on the band. And that's how I got into uh, Behemoth, for example. So I bought nice. uh, even is it Evangelical? Evangel- no, Evangelical. Yeah. that's the one. That, that one that's like that basically um, Barter's murder ripped off. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 like yeah, and I was like, this is fucking terrifying, but I really like it. And then that was kind of my route into the more extreme stuff. So <laughs> that's not bad. To be fair, I should I should say. Um... Organic Hallucinators by Decapitated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a record that kind of got me into extreme metal because it was kind of groovy like Pantera. Yeah. But also quite death metal and blasty, like Deicide and Cannibal Corpse or something. Absolutely. It was like a powerful mesh of the two. When did that come out? I reckon about 2005 or something. That's a rubbish with dates, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that sounds, sounds about right, I have to say. Um, so it's going to sound like a, an odd question, but why the bass? Was it an instrument of choice just to begin with, or were, oh no, yeah, I'm, okay, yeah. So I'm not like a second. I'm not like a uh, cast off bassist. Like okay, I'm, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like mentally <laughs> fine. I, I, I like the bassist. I say I'm trying to learn bass myself, and it's fucking hard oh, yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> how, 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 how sort of far into? 
Um, so I, I picked up a base uh, before Christmas, and the last couple of weeks I've been trying to do it properly. My news resolution is to be somewhat okay by the end of the year. <laughs> do you have any sort of pieces in mind that you want to learn? Um, just kind of... I don't really know, really. I just kind of... I, I think bassist in a band is so, so underrated... Because um, you always get the front man or the front lady, what uh, you know, they're they're front and center. Fair enough. Guitar players always get the cool whittly guitar solos. Drummers, well, drummers are drummers, you know what. <laughs> and then bass players kind of get forgotten about. But then you look at some really really big bands that are prominent bass players. You just think, like, you are holding this whole band together. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, to your point, mm. like to answer your question, yeah. Um, why did I play bass? Well, I guess two reasons. One was when I loved Iron Maiden when I was like 14. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, the coolest person in Iron Maiden was like, yeah. obviously, Steve Harris. Yeah, so, absolutely. <laughs> and the bass. And then also, I was like really into the Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. I thought you and had a mate say that. <laughs> Me yeah, too. <laughs> with, all the, with all the Burberry thing going on, the slicer. But yeah, um, yeah so I guess, I guess that. And then also, like, you know, the. Uh, like, like, the, the more metalness, I guess, of like Cliff Burton, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and then also listening to Rush, um, yeah. and Primus, you know, like a lot of that stuff, which in in rock and metal, the, the bass is a bit more prominent and like tall, yeah, and stuff. So that that you know, that's where I'm kind of trying to go. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I was going, my, my dad is my dad's the biggest Rush fan going, so <laughs> Yeah, I've had I've had Rush brought up in my DNA, I think. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. Did you ever see Rush? I saw them twice. I saw them on the twice. Snakes and Arrows tour and I saw them on the um the one when they oh, done the mo- when they done moving pictures in full. So this oh. is probably two thousand and eleven time, two thousand that yeah. uh, point. So I missed that. I went yeah. to the one after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that you know, one that you said, the snakes, yeah, and, snakes arrows. and arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was literally, like, I literally went on my own. Yeah, <laughs> when I was like eighteen. Yeah, and my friends were like, "Just going, do you want to come? Does anyone want to go see And they're like, "No, obviously not." <laughs> they're like, "Four quid." They're like, "There's no way I'm paying four quid to go and see Rush." And it was on like a Tuesday. Yeah, at Wembley Arena, which was a bit of a yeah. trek over from where we were in London. Yeah, just um, ended up. But I'm glad I did because, yeah, obviously. Th- they are no more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Although, man, I'm telling you, like, they just need to get Mike Portnoy um, yeah. to fill space. Yeah, that... or Danny Perry from Tool, mm-hmm. and yeah. that would obviously be. Yeah, brilliant. absolutely, absolutely. It's kind of weird, weird, uh, weird um, symmetry or synergy, as they call it. I was literally I've done two two back to back interviews, um, and the guy I had before we ended up talking about um, Mike Portney. So that's kind of right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, he was actually. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, um, so that was very strange. But no, um, Dream Theater are a very underrated band, I have to say. <laughs> but well, it's, I mean, you know, like I'm still trying to just play some Dream Theater songs, really. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. They have So maybe leave those ones for a while, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. On your journey. Yeah, no, nice. absolutely. Um, so what is kind of ahead for 2022 for you guys? Obviously, massive loads of touring, I'm assuming. <laughs> Dude, we've got so many cool shows coming up. Yeah. It's absolutely outrageous, to be honest. Um, Fantastic. We've got, for instance, we're playing with Godflesh. Yeah, oh, God, that'd be good. And, uh, in April. 
we're playing this festival for portals in London. Mm-hmm. Playing on tangent, and I'll stop. I say, can we can we just for yeah. a second? How fucking good is that arc tangent lineup, though? Dude, I mean the thing is, like, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Like, the, well, I mean the thing is, like, so as as a fanboy, mm. uh, who's not really, we're not because we've not really, you know, truly become mature. Yeah. And, Sort of actual an actual band. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. still act like giddy, like giddy idiots, basically. I mean, I, I mean, I've done this podcast for nearly two years, and I still like an act, act like a giddy idiot. So that's fine. <laughs> you're fine, mate. You're fine. Well, we, should, we, should, we can share that. But yeah. um, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Enslaved. Yeah. Because um, I absolutely love Enslaved. Um, so hopefully, I can like maybe try and meet Grutal backstage mm. or something. I know that um, the Armed are also playing. Yeah. So hopefully, if we if they're not going to clash, we'll try and get Kara to come out um, oh, and do the feature that she did on the single that we just put out. Yeah, that would be good. Nice. Yeah, that that's that. Hopefully, happened. Who else? Who else is playing? Open um, the headlining one day. Uh, Cult of Luna off the top of my head. So let me just get the uh, Arctangent. Uh, Arctangent lineup. Uh, Opeth, Tesseract, Zeonada, my internet's being really slow. Uh, Sawboy Days. Oh, there we go. Um, are you going? It sounds like you are. Well, I've I've asked for the time off work, and that's oh, as far boy. as we've got. And okay. I, I've I've not been into work yet since, and I'm hoping. But yeah, no, if I do, it'll be incredible. My first time going, so I normally do um, Bloodstock. Uh, and sometimes download, but majority of time bloodstock. But I've never been to Arc Tangent, so. But yeah, look, looks too good not to go, especially with um, Cult of Luna as well. Like I've massively got into Cult of Luna in the last uh, couple of years, so that'd be good. And obviously, I get to see you guys. So. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. But um, yeah, it should be cool. I went to Bloodstock for the first time mm-hmm. um, this year. No, oh, sorry, like 20- summer. Yeah, 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 amazing. How did you find yeah. it? That was awesome. I just when when we were being younger, we were sort of prioritised going to European festivals mm-hmm. and just flying because basically your body can just can just take more of a battering, um, <laughs> and you can just like basically not sit with any back support for six days uh, in yeah. in festival in Eastern Europe or something. Yeah, of course. Um, and now and now I'm on more side here. I'm like, bro, but we need to take we need to take some stuff with us. So do you no, see what I mean? We kind of we kind of displaced. Mm. Uh, going to a lot of the UK ones because we yeah. thought let's let's maybe do those in a in a, a later time. Well, I've been to Techfest. Yeah, a tech for Techfest is again on my list of ones to tick off because Techfest is again got a sick lineup majority of the time. So yeah, it's good. It's good if you like prog and tech and music, but they also have like hardcore and stuff as well. So yeah, absolutely. That's really fun. I was gonna say any, anything with a riff for me, and I'm there. <laughs> me and Bloodstock is pretty dope. I don't think we'll be able to go there on the Friday, but I mean, I think Merciful Fate. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. That, that'll be, that'll be fucking shit. And then I think hopefully we'll get to big hang around on Sunday. Yeah. Um, what's that band? There's like a hardcore band opening, a British band on the Sunday. I think they're called Guilt Trip. Yeah, Guilt Trip. Um, they are fucking hard. I was like, whoosh. Again, I might be wrong, but I think they are like northeast. Well, probably shit, but like um, Sheffield area, something in malevolence while she sleeps. That kind of 
area and, and scene. So, yeah, again, hardcore is just uh, right up my alley. <laughs> yes. Well, man, the, the stage that we're opening, mm. um, Hate Breeder headlining that, yeah. that day, which is pretty mad. I was going to say, if you ever had a um, a moment where you've met a, a hero and, and things, just because like, the reason why I say I, I met um, Jamie Jaster a couple of years ago at um, Bloodstock and literally the fucking nicest dude. I mean, I knew he was going to be the nicest dude anyway, but literally the nicest dude. Like, couldn't be more nice. Have you have you met anyone? Oh, I haven't actually listened to his podcast, but it's on my to-do list. Nice. <laughs> um, I guess that's... Well, I'll, I, the only, I guess... They never say meet your heroes because mm. at this point. But when I met mine, yeah, I wasn't actually because it was hilarious. Oh, um, go on. <laughs> so I met. I absolutely love Mastodon. Yep. I, I didn't really listen to any of the stuff I was talking about, but I, I do absolutely love Mastodon as well. I followed them really since I've been about fifteen. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I just I'm not aware of them anyway. So I worked at. Do you remember Sonosphere? Yeah, yeah. I never yeah, went, I but yeah. Never went, but no, yeah, that was like yeah, 2011, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. 2010. It only yeah. ran for about three years um, yeah. in Harvard here. But anyway, so I worked like a, as a steward mm-hmm. at that. So you work 12 hours on, 12 hours off. Yeah. Um, you get paid, but then you can just go in the evening. Yeah, yeah, of course. In, on in the evening, but I got on in the day. Mm-hmm. So that meant I, I could see the bands that were on until about five, and then I was on shift until like five in the morning. Yeah. I got to, I got to see Mastodon, but to get to like a thing... The, the the area the stage yeah. area because you're like staff you can like walk through the catering bit and where the tour va- where the tour buses are and like yeah. sort of see the adjacent areas where crew and like bands will be yeah knocking a and then like on the way to go there to get my lunch before I started shift I saw Mastodon ran to the catering thing and then like waiting at the one of the tour buses was the singer in um Parkway Drive. Amazing, nice. And Troy, yeah, master. And there was about five to ten women yeah. queuing up to, to um to talk to. I don't know what his name is, but the guy in Park. Um, Winston McCall. Winston, yeah. Oh, I think it was him. Anyway, yeah. he looked he looked like a bro. I, in yeah. my mind, it's him. Anyway, he's like queuing up. There's like loads of women queuing up to talk to him. Troy's literally just standing there. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. No, nice. no one ever comes and talks to me. So I walked up and I was like, the only people that come and talk to you yeah. are like guys with beards who like really like <laughs> and smoke weed. People yeah. like me. And he yeah. was like, yes, that's normally the case. But yeah. we, you know, we love everyone equally. And I was like, thanks, yeah. Troy. And then I had a chat with him um, and then walked off. Had my lunch. was like, that was mad. I just uh, met Troy Sanders. And then on the way back, um, Brent Hines was just like... Uh, pissed on yeah. his own about walking around and um, <laughs> walking around the tour buses yeah and um, yeah and i was like dude i just watched you and i like fucking love master on and he just sort of stared at me because like he was quite <laughs> why well, he, he could be liable to just punch me really yeah and um, he was properly pissed um and he was like oh no it's fucking cool man i just like gave him a hug I was like, can I hug you? And he was like, yes, you can. And it's like, main for fucking main bit. I was like, well, it's that way. Like, yeah. It's all... And he was like, okay. And that's, that's, the, that's the only pro- kind of my famous musician people. But it was great. Yeah, I uh, love that. There you go. <laughs> love that, love that. Um, Luke, I'm going to start to wrap things up, my friend, because I don't want to take too much of your time on this on this uh, Monday um, evening. But it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm just going to ask one thing of you, and you again, don't have to say anything at all. But um, I'm going to open up the floor 
to let you say, promote, push, anything you want to push. It's all yours, my friend. Thank you very much. Well, we've got the tour starting, like I said, um, on the 16th of this month. We've got a couple of headline shows, um, one in Chester, Hull, and Brighton as well. Shout out to Oscar for putting that on. He puts on basically every good hardcore show in Brighton. So people come out to that. We put out a single um, last week, the film Runaway. So that's around. We've got some merch and stuff um, up, up on Big Cartel up on band camp we've still got some vinyls left so yeah just help us uh support us in any way you can and it will expedite getting to lp2 basically so absolutely if you want gifts, um give us slices some uh some, some readies and i'll <laughs> get to you sooner absolutely grand thank just you so much on. go on thanks for having me on no you're absolutely fine mate the pleasure has been all mine i promise Thank you.